quit living in a world where you feel that setting aside time for knowledge is not important for growth. It's directly proportional. Hello, people. Welcome to the community of the Growth Mindset Podcast. Guys, if you are a first-time listener, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening from so that you don't miss on more interesting episodes coming up in following weeks. And for our daily listeners, here we are again with a new episode where we will interview another interesting personality from a unique industry and understand how they were able to accomplish this great level of success. Remember, this is a podcast where we learn easy, practical methods and tips that we can implement in our daily lives from the very best and the most successful people known today. Because as we all know, success leaves clues. And we the people having the growth mindset will use these clues to create a better, more fulfilling and a successful life. So let the growth begin. Vijay, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Growth Mindset Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a very ominous name that you have. The Growth Mindset makes me, makes me scared. <laughs> Let's start with you. I'm sure you're going to do great because I've, I've been following your work. I've checked out your uh, Instagram profile and stuff. And I've seen the kind of energy you're bringing onto a table, which I'm going to touch upon uh, in a bit. <laughs> but uh, for people, let's say, who might be uh, getting to know your story for the first time, which I would really like to tell people about uh, what you exactly do and what, what's your story. So uh, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Collective Artist Network. Uh, I would define it as uh, India's definitive uh, destination for pop culture management, right? Uh, Yes, we represent some of the, the largest uh, names in Bollywood and entertainment across the board. Uh, but I think today in the fast-moving world of digital commerce and content, uh, what I would truly like to uh, define us as uh, is a meeting point and a network of everything to do with popular culture, right? So pop culture today is everything from sports, fashion, music, uh, digital content, cinema, OTT, audio and video. Uh, commerce, D2C brands, private brands, venture investing, uh, you know, literally the whole place, the whole shebang. So wherever pop culture sits at the heart of consumerism and content creation and generation is, I think, where we play a strongest, uh, the strongest modal point. By classic definition, yeah, you can call us the largest talent management company uh, in, in, the, in the country. While that is a very easy way of defining it, I hate using that. Uh, and I, I hope we can explore why so as we go forward. But I that that will be pretty much the best way of you know telling mm. you what I do. So let's say somebody who's an artist who wants to make a name in this space, right? Uh, how can uh, uh, a network like yours help them? Why why should basically they they reach out to you and have a network like this? Uh, I think you use the right word, and I think the the word is used very loosely. Uh, but network is actually a very powerful word, right? So what's a network? A network is a series of nodal connections which has a flywheel effect on everybody in the chain. Right? So I think for us, that's what we are. Today, if you're a singer, uh, we have a music label. We have the best relationship with uh, everybody in the music business. If you're a comedian, we have a robust comedy business. If you're an aspiring actor, needless to say, that is a huge business. If you're a script writer, uh, you know, we represent writers and directors. 
if you were to ask me why should an artist and i use the word artist to describe the entire universe is i think today if uh, if you're a radio station an ad agency a social media platform a digital platform uh, a movie producer a streaming platform uh, a media company or an advertising company i don't think there is any part of that ecosystem where you might want to work with a client or an art, artist that we will not be present with right uh, that's the best way of defining why us uh, we are the biggest b2b marketplace to make those connections between anyone and everyone buying pop culture and that's why i defined it as media companies television channels producers or otts etc or anyone in elling anyone and everyone selling content you could be an artist you could be a you could be a writer you could be a singer you could be an actor that's why we make them meet right in that sense gotcha all right since you've been working on all of these different verticals when it comes to content creation as a whole covering the entire shagam right uh, i want to understand you would have seen a lot of artists coming up somebody who just wants to become because they think they can and there's some that are really passionate right so what do you think are some things that normally separates a person who's really interested in making the name versus somebody who's just going with the flow and not having any idea what are some traits that you've observed i think a lot of people who really want to chase largeness i can see that money is a secondary criteria hmm. right money happens to happens to come along the way you know i think i mean it's similar to what we are trying to build at collective artists uh i think money is one of the vehicles that take you to the path of building some kind of legacy right i don't think the frontal driver or the mode is uh, generating wealth right i think wealth happens to be a byproduct so i think all of them have a vision of what they want to do what they want to be where they want to be or where they want to reach i think the guys who are truly passionate about that they find a way of making it happen and not having roadblocks like commercialism you know stop of course i mean if something is disrespectful you know then you can always a separate conversation but i feel the artists that really make it or uh, this what we do and this is our job as agents is i think our question is to always define what's the game you want to play you know you want to play a long term game where you want to build legacy you know where your art or your, your content live or uh, you know post your working life or do you just want to make hay in the limited amount of time that you have and i think that's that's how you know you separate uh, you know le- legacy artists from i mean it's not like money making guys are not big right? sure and there's nothing wrong in that strategy so there's no Absolutely. right there's no right or wrong here but i think to each his own i think you re- you need to understand that you know uh, and i think that's how if you look at the guys who tend to go the longer route you know they have a slightly long prism of 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 thing where they are open to disrupting themselves hmm. right they are not scared of you know disrupting their own selves they're very self aware i think a lot of artists who are self aware or uh, you know and uh, i think they tend to uh, go for the longer haul uh, in that sense so i think passion uh, an eye for legacy and awareness of self i think these are three things that i've seen in artists who know who, who want to have a very very long journey i think they are very clear with these these concepts interesting now you you mentioned all these three points which i personally know are are one of the key driving factors because somebody who's really going after the bigger vision their why as to what they need to be doing that specific thing i've seen those guys doing great 
Yeah, and as you said, money is the byproduct of what yeah. you do. Because if you chase the right thing, if you know that you know you're you're chasing or trying to build a legacy, money will automatically find its way yeah. to you. Yeah. And and also, uh, let's say there are some people as well who want to basically basically let's say artists, uh, for example, they want to come, they want to make a big name. But what are some mistakes that you see those artists making, and what can they do to avoid those mistakes so that they can build a legacy, go for a longer haul? I think you need to keep up with the times. I think this is where you know self awareness really comes into the picture. I think uh, if you look at what's happened in the last two years, I think a lot of things that people uh, would have said that you know we won't do X Y Z today, you're forced to do it. Not not because uh, you want to, but because you know you don't have a choice, right? Uh, so I think keeping up with the times is very very critical. I think. Uh, self uh, development of skill is very 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 critical i think understanding modes of the of, of the economic construct of what you know your platforms have to offer to you in your respective field is very critical right so if you're a comic or if you're a singer how is you know the pandemic era disrupted your business right uh, if you're not if you're not going to go down to the studio and say make songs you know then you know what's going to be your form if you're an actor the fact of the matter is nobody knows what's happening with theatrical right so what are your different modes of of monetizing you can continue to shoot do you shift to ott do you switch to you know creating more short format you know i think these are all very very critical questions so if you ask me the landmines are getting stuck to a preconceived notion all the more so in today's really fast moving digital age and it's not true to just artists right you look at brands i mean brands have gotten disrupted today yeah you know your large fortune 500 company i mean i go over to my 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 fridge and i see you know milk of a company which wasn't there 3 years ago right i see yogurt of a company which wasn't there 3 years ago i see aerated water of a company which wasn't there 3 years ago so i think there's so much disruption happening and we are in such a sunshine spot right now that if you are not able to keep up with the emerging trends and if you're not able to talk about some amount of forecasting then i think you're setting up yourself setting yourself up for a big trap yeah and the power to adapt because th- that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're trying to say right at the being able to adapt to the current scenario so that you ensure that you're growing with time because i personally believe that if you're not growing with the time you're actually moving backwards so either you're moving forward and even if you're standing still you're moving backwards because the world is going forward i i feel if you're not nimble and agile you're dead i just mm. i think those are my two adjectives that i keep telling my team you have to bring in a sense of being nimble and you have to have agility you have to move fast Absolutely. You have to you have to scrap fast. You have to mm. fail fast and move. You mentioned one point about self awareness. Now, uh, this is a field artist where you know people are coming in front of the entire crowd. Uh, they are interacting with people. There are good sides of it. There are bad sides of it. I know it because I've been to that side of the uh, uh, industry. But if I had to ask you, what are some fields, for example, people who are getting into this field, the fame can get over their head. So. Do you think there are some practical tips that people can implement? People basically who wanna, you know, become a better version of themselves first, second, become successful, and make sure they're not getting lost in that hustle and bustle of of this industry. What do you think are some tips that those artists can align themselves with? I know there are tips like that, man. I mean, I mean, to each his own. I mean, everybody. I mean, it's not just about artists. Right? I mean, people for artists, of course, it blows up all the more. But you could be a, you know, an outstanding CEO, or you could be a great 
sales guy, right? I think the fundamental truth is how to keep how do humans keep their heads cocked firmly on their on their shoulders, right? And I think, like I said, I think self awareness comes as a huge as you can do what you want during the day, but you have a voice inside you that says, you know, key is that out You know, you know, key. You know, okay, this is it, right? So I feel that's why for me, I think being self aware is critical, and I think I think every artist knows deep down inside what what part of their life uh, they're in and that's why you have people like us to bring you know awareness to them right mm-hmm. if somebody is you know on the wrong side of it you know it's our job to course correct and bring in certain reality checks and not not feed into something which is you know which is self crucifying hmm since I, i've heard this word come out a couple of times in our conversation so far self awareness and I personally am a big believer of that because that's where all the growth begins. Now, I want to ask I I've seen you doing a lot of things personally. I I've been to your social media profile and I've seen you're doing uh, drums, you're playing drums, piano, guitar, you're working out. Okay, so first let's start off with how can people become more self-aware? Do you do you have some own uh, practices that you follow that keeps you grounded, that keeps you focused? and how do you normally become self aware which people can implement i think it's about forgetting successes quickly hmm interesting right for me i'm very very quick to forget myself i'm very quick to forget a win for me a win is till i'm standing on the podium the moment i'm off the podium i forget about it right i i i, I don't carry my wins too long so what happens when you can forget about your win very quickly yes some people can criticize you saying you know you know you don't smell the roses that you flip to it right that you don't celebrate enough uh, but for me i'm always very very aware that success can be very ephemeral it can be here and now it can go away very quickly i've seen it happen in front of me very very often uh, so i think the only thing that you can do is you have no control over how the market will react to you tomorrow morning uh, so you have to take your your reality of today even if it is bad or good you have to take your reality of today as your reality of today so i think one of the key things i do is i forget success is very good it's also it's also one of my biggest criticisms that i don't celebrate no but i'm of the firm opinion that a, that that a goal achieved is a goal done right mm. and once it's once it's done it's done you know stop basking over it you know i'm happy to go and dig deep into why we failed or why i failed but i'm not happy to spend too much time on why i succeeded hmm right and i think the moment you do that it's never going to be enough it's like it's like you know you're throwing light once it's out it's out right you don't hmm. take it back right so for me a, for me forgetting success is quickly is very very important to ensure that when i wake up the next morning i have something to do that i'm looking forward hmm interesting and as i was talking about your your social media profile i see you doing a lot of things right now at times like this when when people are working from home they're just sitting at home they're working from their own bedrooms which is like you know the personal space as well as the profession is just bleeding into each other how are you keeping yourself motivated first because when i look at your profile there's a lot of good vibes as well as a lot of energy coming out How, how are you doing this like what's your daily day to day schedule like and what do you do so for me my one hour workout is is non negotiable i made that a very very key build into my into my construct of a day you know for me my 90 minutes of reading is non negotiable right 
So I think that's two hours a day, which uh, nobody can take away from me. And I keep that very, very structured. Um, and I think besides that, I think the good thing about working from home also is every time you can say on your commute, for me, I can play a quick game of indoor cricket with my son, right? I can pick up that guitar and strum a couple of songs. I can go to the piano and just play, you know, rather than getting stuck between Andheri, Juhu, Panda, and, you know, worldly or taking a flight. Just calculate the number of man hours you have saved by not commuting, right, in a day. And assuming you can use 50% of that time to do something that you didn't have the time for because of the lockdown. So I'm a very big believer in making every second productive, not from a uh, obsessed, you know, I need to do something every second kind of way. But I don't like, I mean, I like, I like to always have something to do. Even if that means it's reading, even if like for me, my, you know, I love my chai tea and coffee. So for me, I think I like to structure my day where I don't necessarily, I have time to do everything I'm passionate about. I don't get that, but I think the time that I used to save on commuting, I think that's the time today I use you know, playing an instrument or you know just playing a game of chess with my son. I think that that time really helps, uh, you know, kind of saving a little bit. Okay, and what's your like? If you had to give me like a blueprint as to what exactly do you for uh, uh, in a specific day in the next in, in the twenty four hours, what would your typical day look like? So I wake up in the morning, start off by reading. That's my non-negotiable. That's the first thing I do. My first uh, 60 minutes to 90 minutes of a day. What time do you normally wake up? I'm up anywhere between 7 to 8. Okay. In that ballpark, I'm up. I'm not a very early riser because of my line of work. I also sleep very late. So I wake up at that time. I finish my reading. Get out of the way. If I don't have meetings starting early, then I get my workout out of the way. And then my day starts. And after that is... It's packed work after work. Now that you know things have opened up, you know I'm out and about, and I'm 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 out. I think I can confidently say 14, 15 hours a day just goes by, and I won't realize how. Then then oh, after nine nine thirty, my secretary takes over my life. I have no control over. It. <laughs> okay. And then when you basically let's say you've been in this industry for for decades now, right? You've learned a lot from from so many other people. If I had to ask you for three practical tips, before tips, let's let's go to three mistakes that you think you've made uh, from the start of your career till today and what you've learned from it and how do you think that can help others as well? Three mistakes, top three. Uh, I would think uh, there was definitely a point in my life where I had to make knowledge and upskilling uh, a mandatory part of my day. Uh, because what happens is you can get stuck with day-to-day running so often that you can forget to upkeep. So I wouldn't say it was a mistake, but I would say I didn't do it enough. So about 10 years ago or 12 years ago, I made it a very, very clear practice to that part of my day, nobody can take away from me. So I think uh, sparing sparing some time for self-development, whatever that could be, extremely hmm. critical. Um, I think very, very critical also from, for me, which I tend to realize is having some kind of a balance when it comes to, when you're, when you're leading a large organization, I am a firm believer. I, I lead a lot by the heart and not so much. I, I lead a lot with my people in, inside. 
which has led me to trust very, very easily. So I trust people very, very easily. I think uh, you need to be, you need, you don't need to let that go, right? But you just need to be aware of your surroundings a lot more. Right? And I think that for me was a big, big uh, learning uh, in that sense. I wouldn't again call it a mistake because I still trust very easily. And that's a part, part of me. I don't want to give up because it makes my life very simple. I'm, I'm in a position to walk into a room and say, okay, I believe what you say. Right? Uh, and that, but of course, I, 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 I can sense, I have a very strong gut where, where I know something is wrong. Right? So I think just be a little bit more aware of your surroundings in that sense. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it was a mistake, but I would just keep that as a pointer. Mm-hmm. And lastly, uh, I still don't do this, uh, but I have to, it is a current mistake. Enjoy it a little more. Hmm. enjoy the moment a little more uh, I definitely think that's a failure that's an existing failure I don't think I I enjoy the, I enjoy moments uh, I should be in a position to enjoy a lot more because I forget so quickly I, I'm constantly okay station reach next station station reach next yeah. station right? yep. I just need to take a pause there have a cutting chai and say you know this was a good journey on to the next but I don't take that often enough that's hmm. a self-criticism work I mean, I love this. I love the honesty with what you said, you know, these two, especially the last two. The first one being, you know, being being open and communicating whatever it is and trusting people easily. And I personally believe, this is my own personal belief. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about somebody else. But I personally believe the same thing. I mean, as far as you can believe, it just shows who you are, right? If you're being cynical about everybody else, like, is that person trying to con me? Then you're just living in a fear of, you know, that's a different mindset altogether. But when you are able to trust and go forward, but yeah, also being a little aware as to, you know, having that self-awareness that making sure that somebody don't does not con you and you don't trust anything and everything that a person says, that'll be stupid. You mentioned that yes, being or enjoying the moment that you have at the moment, right? Uh, not everybody can come forward and tell exactly that this is what, and I, I want to mention this specifically, uh, specifically to my listeners that this kind of realization when you really realize that you know what i'm not able to do this today this is one of the current crisis that i have this basically comes from self-awareness because if you don't know that then you would be like you know what everything is good at my end i'm able to do everything but this is a classic example as to how people can become self-aware and they have an understanding as to why or what is missing in life and I want to talk about books because you've been talking about books that you've read a lot of uh, books. What kind of books do you read? A lot of bios. And off late, I've gotten into this uh, weird kind of addiction about reading about modern history. Mm. So I'm reading a lot about the Stalin era, the Mao era, uh, a lot about what happened in Europe, uh, deeper into what happened in Europe during between 1918 and you know 47. Uh, read a lot about you know re- loving reading about modern history to Genghis Khan and the making of the modern world, uh, and just consume a lot of bios, a lot of bios. So, since you're reading a lot of bios, which is your top two favorite ones that you've read, which mm-hmm. you would recommend others as well to read? The one that I completely don't relate to because the man is a genius, but at the same point in time, uh, is a huge inspiration, but. It's like reading a movie. Uh, was was Mr. Was Elon Musk bio? Right? Mm. But it's good fiction. It's although it's not although it's non-fiction. I read it as a fiction story. Um, I love I love Sam Walton's biography. 
just the beauty with which Walmart was built uh, was something I really, really liked. Hmm. Closer to home, I just recently read Mr. Harsh Mariwala's uh, Harsh Reality. Uh, I loved it. I just loved the way Mariko was built from ground up as a company. Uh, very, very motiv- very, very motivating. Um, and then uh, the life of uh, Mr. Lee Ayokoka, right? uh, who, who went on to run Chrysler. Uh, hmm. Great, great book. Uh, again, hugely, I recommend it highly to you know young people who want to read about you know careers, etc. So some of these books were you know outstanding books. Of course, I mean your usual suspects. I, I preferred you know reading Jobs and as opposed to the, both the films that came out. I, I thought the books were much. The book was a much much uh, much more deeper as a connection than than either of the films. These were I think the three or four things books that come straight to mind. But I think the best bio I have read so far, not a bio really, but one of the best books in the last eighteen months would be uh, Cengiz Khan and the Making of the Modern History. You know, mm. Outstanding! I love that book. I'm going to reread it over and over again, and I'm definitely going to give it a crack again. Interesting. And since you've you've read a lot of books about modern history, I've not read a lot, but I've read a few books because I'm more into psychology, brain, and oh, yeah. So I do all of that. You know, yeah. I just love happiness, your usual atomic habits, power of money. What's up? Oh yeah. But I, I do. I tend to not do. I balance it out a little bit more. There was a phase in my life like you where I was reading only these. You know. "Quote unquote self help, self improvement books." True. But then I got out of. Now I moderate. So for every three books I read, it used to be two out of three. Hmm. Now after out of every five, one will be that. Interesting. And this books that you're reading, I I recently read this book. Uh, what was the name? Sapiens, right? Which yeah. kind of gave me yeah a brief insight as to wow how this evolved and this this sounds interesting. You've read a lot of books. What have you noticed or what have you learned from this? Stating how was the age before how is it now and where are we progressing what do you think are some common points how how are the world progressing because me trying to read a hundred books you've already read that a lot you can give us some insight as to what you think where is how how is the no, world man, evolving I think, I think the beauty about reading these books for just people you know the one thing that doesn't change you read about Genghis Khan you read about you read about Hitler you read about Stalin you read about Steve Jobs You read about Elon Musk. You read about Jeffrey Bezos and the everything store. You read about Sam Walton. What the beauty about these books is the raw ingredient of what makes great leaders is the same. I'm not talking about anarchists. I'm not talking about dictators. I'm not talking about Mao and Stalin and Hitler. I'm talking about the great leader leaders, right? Uh, I think the only thing that's changed around us is technology. You know, I think uh, how technology has enhanced. Leadership, how technology has been a tool uh, of of leadership. You know, the other day I was reading a very very, and obviously you see the cognitive evolution of humankind across decades, right? Like the other day I was reading a book uh, which spoke about how a study of fifty World War One uh, uh, survivors from a cognitive analysis perspective. Even though there were three, two decades between them, versus the fifty, fifty uh, survivors of World War Two, you know, it was about how cognitively these guys were much better off, not for anything else, but simply because the world around them enhanced, right, and the world moved forward. Yeah. So I think it's it's a technology and the infrastructure around around you. I mean, I look at my son, the access he has. I look at my daughter. You know, we run out of space 
in our house because of books so she's reading on the kindle that at the age of 8 you know she comes to me and uses words that i would never have you know thought of using that till i was 20 you know forget mm-hmm. even in my teens right just the access that people have around them you know today by the click of a button you know even on a dirty android or a low cost feature phone you have access to so much information that i genuinely don't uh, i genuinely don't i think technology is the biggest enhancer it's an obvious answer but i think that's true what it is. true now you, you mentioned that today uh, in your family even your sister uh, your your daughter is reading a b- reading books uh, you are basically into fitness you are reading books do you, all of you basically have this habit of reading books and having this this kind of yeah uh, environment okay me and, my daughter, me and my daughter are specifically voracious readers my, my wife is a reader not a voracious reader uh-huh. and i'm just getting into it my son is, is more a sporty kind of guy mm-hmm. but i just feel the best thing we have done for our daughter is inculcate this reading habit in her because the kind of stuff she knows and you know like i was watching the show on netflix uh, how to become a dictator you know i was watching the biography or i was watching that you know they were showing it trending on netflix when i on kadhi and my daughter went a little glum she wasn't watching she was on the dinner table and uh, she comes to me and said dad i don't want to uh, if you don't mind can you watch something else cuz i know this is going to get depressing like how do you mean she like no i've touched about you know what happened in western europe uh, in in europe uh, during world war 2 with hitler and stalin I'm like you're 80 years old where did you get that information from wow so she knew about the nazis right? she didn't know the details she didn't know about she knew about the concept of a concentration camp or a yeah. camp she didn't know what happened inside it right True. but i just feel as you're reading right, like she's gone through the entire harry potter collection right so the kind the vocabulary that she has and the knowledge that she has is just is just so heartening to see that this is the best gift you can give to your children right uh, you can give them knowledge and all the more the reason in this pandemic i would say the most positive thing we has been the qualitative time that i've been able to get with my children right hmm. uh, that's been really the biggest thing so i'm only looking at pandemic in, in the positive right there have been a shit ton of negative right we watched sure. our lives have turned upside down but i've looked at the silver lining you know see the silver lining one of the biggest silver lining has been this qualitative time of spending with with my with my kids and you know having reasoning with them on conversations right on on stuff like this so i think we are i, I love to read i love to read. i i love this part because i know there are so many people out there who who always basically come to me especially my listeners as well who say you know what i know that you read a lot of books what can i do basically to learn or how can i inculcate this habit you inculcate this habit into your daughter at a very young early age and at just imagine 8 years old she has that kind of vocabulary this if she continues to read this in 10 years she is going to be amazing when it comes to how she is going to be communicating with people and the kind of knowledge and wisdom she is going to have because she can connect all the dots in the past how did you inculcate this habit of reading into her and what do you think others can also do to adapt or learn or get into this habit of reading you know if you really want to be uh, if you really want to get somewhere in life outside of being an inquisitive learner there are two parts right one are people who are inquisitive learners who don't do it with a sense of ambition who just want to learn right that's one the second part is to the average guy who wants to progress in life i don't think it's an option you know it's it's easier you know i would tell anybody that what's your learning mechanism if you don't have one don't talk to me about ambition <laughs> uh, because if you don't want to learn 
So either you're a very, very inquisitive learner or you're somebody who wants to do something in life. And in the professional context today, you can't, you can't live and survive without, you know, self-development. It's not possible. So I think, I, I think to, 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 the, to the everyday job goer, right? I don't think it's a feel good. It's a must have. So, you know, my thing would be, you know, quit living in a world where you feel that setting aside time for knowledge is not important for growth. It's directly proportional. It is. It is. And and how did you inculcate this habit into your kid? Because she was very small as well. She was very young. Happened, man. We just keep reading to her every night that she used to sleep. So as we were reading to her, one day she started reading. And the moment she held that book, she's never looked back. True. And then I also want to bring this to everybody's attention that yes, you know, the kind of environment we have is basically what we 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 learn and grow to. And when she was, you know, at a young age itself, when you guys were reading, she she kind of she could pick it up from you guys as well, stating that you know what, and this this is how we work. We we may tell our kids to you know don't do that, don't do that, but if you do the other way around, they're gonna do what we do. So they don't listen to what we say, but they actually repeat and do the same thing that we do. So having an example where we stand by what we normally do is what is is a is a, is a good indication that our kids are gonna learn the same way. And Kudos to you! Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled. Maybe I should meet your daughter. I want to see what, what she, what she talks about, and and what's her vocabulary like because because that that's really cool and interesting. Yeah, someday for sure, man. Sure. Uh, one last thing that I do want to ask you, uh, Vijay, uh, around uh, the entire interview so far. Yes, we understand here for one of the big one of the things that I I picked up from our conversation so far is you really need to be hungry and you should have that quest for knowledge. That's the only way where how you can adopt, grow, move to the next level. But if I can ask you, let's say if you have to give two practical things that people can implement in their lives to adopt a growth mindset, because we know the importance of growth mindset, because growth mindset does not just apply only to your professional career, but also your personal life and everything around it. So what are two uh, things that you may have experienced yourself that you do that you would like to share with others so that they can develop this growth mindset apart from the ones that we already discussed like having the quest for knowledge and and so on so i think the number one thing for any kind of growth i wouldn't say mind only right like for example whether you want to play a sport or whether you want to be a great homemaker i can see it my wife i just feel discipline is the number one prerequisite right i would say only two things discipline and commitment right i always feel that Aptitude can be replaced with the right attitude. Hmm. But the wrong attitude can never be replaced with the right attitude. It just doesn't work. Right? I would rather work two extra hours with somebody who's six extra hours less or smarter. Right? As opposed to working four hours uh, versus some with someone you know who I know uh, attitude is not there. So for me, the discipline and commitment and purpose, you have to have a purpose. You have to wake up and understand what are you doing everything for? You know, my wife's purpose is kids and family and home. And, you know, my purpose is my holy grail has always been passion, purpose and loyalty. Like you have to be loyal. Hmm. Like you cannot, like for me, loyalty, I judge people on loyalty. I mean, I mean, me, my, my antenna stand up and people, when I talk about loyalty, I'm talking about, I don't mean, you know, 
I'm not getting into any weird sense there. You know, you have to be loyal to your purpose and passion. Hmm. Can't be bullshitting yourself, right? <laughs> That's what I mean by loyalty. I'm not talking interpersonal loyalty. I'm like, you, if you're saying this is your passion and this is your purpose, you have to be loyal to that. You can't be lying to it. True. You know, you have to be passionate. Interesting. And this is one last question that I ask ask almost all the guests on my podcast, right? So for this, you'll have to visualize. Let's say, uh, from thirty, forty years from now, you know, you've lived a great life. You've you've achieved what you want to do. You've lived your purpose. and now it's the time for you to say goodbye to this world right and only gave one advice to your kids uh, to live a happy and a fulfilling life not just successful but a happy and a fulfilling life what do you think so far at this point of time what is that thing that you learned that you would like to give that advice to your kids very random thought but i'll just say from my point of view absolutely i think for me it's just keeping everything simple yeah हर चीज का एक फंडामेंटल प्रॉब्लम या स्ट्रेंथ होता है एंड एवरीबडी नोज वर्ल्ड यू नो दैट यू कैन नॉट एक्सरसाइज बिकॉज यू कॉन्ट वेकअप अर्ली सो वेकअप अर्ली राइट यू नो यू आर लेजी टू डू समथिंग डोंट बी लेजी राइट सो एवरीथिंग इन लाइफ हैज टू बी जीरो my my honest truth has been keep it black keep it white life is simple like i'm not a negotiator right i all when i say i i keep telling people this is what my i'll do it at this is what i will not do it right uh and that's why i move at that pace because i feel that you know dwelling is a waste of time right so i keep it simple i follow my gut right i keep so my my always advice to everybody has to be keep life simple No, don't complicate. But I say awesome. it's easier to say that than done. But I follow it. Whenever I'm in a complicated situation, I keep saying, "Abhi, iska solution kya?" Right, and then you live with it. If I know that I I have to live with a problem, then I admit to myself that I am living with a problem because I don't have a choice. Hmm. But you know, then I can't trip about it. True. Right. True. So I think you have to. I think in life, for me, as much as possible, I like to keep things. I like. I'm a huge believer in first principles and fundamentals. <laughs> so everything goes down to keep it to keep it. Or Dokomo ka ek ad tha, it still sticks with me. It's the best <laughs> advertising tagline. It's called "Keep It Simple, Silly." <laughs> yeah, true. Awesome, uh, Vijay. You know, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I love the the energy that you brought onto the table and sharing your own story. What you think makes people successful. and also adopting a lot of things that we had from a conversation especially the the two things that you said right one of the things uh, is what i think commitment and discipline the, these two things that you pointed out i think is is really crucial but yeah, as you said it's easier said than done it's yeah. something that you have to you know just just go on to it and it's it's a continuous hustle every single day is a day for us to start from the scratch learn and grow it's it's a it's a painful task if you can if if you look at it that way but that's how the world is you have to yeah. grow you have to learn so Thank you so much for taking your time out and joining us. Thanks man. Thank you. This brings us to the end of this episode and hope you at least had one takeaway from this interview. If you have any questions or want to talk to me personally, you can find me at www.silavatirshad.com. See you soon.